Ethan R., when are you going live? Right now. <laughs> Ethan R. left the chat. <laughs> Hey. That's <laughs> Bye, everybody. I need to make sure I definitely don't hear this show. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be super sure that when this starts, I'm not here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is perfect. That's so great. From Relay FM, this is Analog episode number 33. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at lynda.com and Wealthfront. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mr. Casey Liss. Well, hello. How are you, sir? I am very well. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I don't want to start this topic quite yet because we're going to talk about it later. But for a man who was presumably out a bit too late last night, probably talking a bit too loudly, you sound good. Well, would you believe that for the third week in a row, I am still sick? Oh, you and Marco, man. What is this? Something in the UK. Yeah, well, yeah, because he was there, what, last week? Something like that? Yeah, maybe he brought the germs over. Uh, I bet you that's what he did. You should never let him back. No, there's nothing I can do about it. He's coming back trying to keep him out can't uh when this episode comes out i will be in ireland mm. yeah all right i'm done i'm hanging up now see you, see you later buddy <laughs> so angry maybe maybe me and marco can do an episode of analog just put it in the feed that's just cold why do you have to be so mean to me <laughs> let's let's talk about those feels anyway chose to have a uh, baby Oh, uh, here been, we go. Here you, we you go. You could have been with me, but instead you chose the right option. Yeah, see, nice save. All right, before we get, before I get angry about Ool, um, let's do some follow-up. And we had a lot of follow-up. And a lot of times when I say we had a lot of follow-up, you should read that as, oh my God, seriously. But in this case, we had a lot of follow-up, which we needed. Because you and I apparently are clueless. Well, we are, we are literary numbskulls. Absolutely accurate. Um. So I'm, I think Andre uh, wrote in along with many, many other people. I think Andre was the first person that sent this to us, or at least sent the thing that I have in front of me here, which is about albatross. So last week we were talking about the opposite of a white whale, which we, uh, we, you know, we were suggested albatross. Both of us knew there was a significance that we couldn't quite place. So this comes from the Wikipedia article on albatross. The word albatross is sometimes used metaphorically to mean a psychological burden that feels like a curse. It is, it is an allusion to Samuel Taylor Coleridge's poem, the Coleridge's poem, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. In the poem, the, an albatross starts to follow a ship being followed by an albatross which genuinely considered an omen of good luck. However, the titular mariner shoots the albatross with a crossbow, which is regarded as an act that will curse the ship, which indeed suffers terrible mishaps. Even when they are too thirsty to speak, the ship's crew lets the mariner know uh, through their glances that they blame his action for the curse. He feels as though the albatross is metaphorically hung around his neck. That is, when people look at him, they see him as the albatross killer, and that weighs on him. Though the albatross can be both an omen of good or bad luck, as well as a metaphor for a burden to be carried as a penance. Yeah, that's a much better summary than I think. I mean, a lot of people sent great summaries. That's a pretty solid one, and that might be the first one I read as well. Uh, albatross is a clear and obvious answer then. So whoever yep. suggested that originally, I so deeply apologize that you and I are clueless. And didn't realize that, well, I'm clueless, you're Mike-less. No, wait, you're Mike-clue? No, never mind. 
Um, oh, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it in post. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, what I so, don't like about it though is that there is the multiple meaning part of it. That's what I. Don't oh, that's like. true. That an albacross can also mean good luck, which is the complete kind of opposite. But I, I like the idea. I like I, you know I kind of feel like I like where it comes from. So. All right. So are we are we blessing this as the official anti-white whale? Yeah. Is that what we're concluding? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And then would you like to talk about the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon? So this is something that um, I'm I'm annoyed that I'm talking about this today because I'm behind on my podcasts and I know that by the time this episode comes out I will know the answer. But this is one of those things that's so this is actually a real representation of the Bader-Meinhof principle. principle, the phenomenon. Uh, in one of Merlin's podcasts uh, last week, as he was back to work on Roderick on the Line, he also spoke of the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. That's so weird. <laughs> because this started a couple of days ago when people were tweeting at me and him to say that, 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 they'd, heard, that they'd heard about, like that, that we had spoken about it as well as he did, or vice versa. So in it's this beautiful moment of serendipity that, that Merlin is also speaking about it, and then we're speaking about it, which makes it stick out even the more so, which is actually part of the whole idea of the beta half phenomenon, um, which is also, it's got another name to it, which Merlin links to uh, via a Wikipedia article. I'll put his tweet in the show notes, which is uh, the frequency illusion. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's really trippy that that, is like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy or phenomenon in this case yeah. that that the whole idea behind it is once you hear something or are reminded of something, then you hear it over and over and over again, right? That's that's the principal phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I keep calling it a principle. Um, and now we're hearing it over and over again. So funny how that works. Um, but yeah, that's really comical. So we'll put the link, like, like I believe you said, we'll put the link to the uh, tweet in the show notes. Indeed. Where can people find the show notes, Casey? They can find the show notes for your analog program on Relay FM if if they look in their podcast client of choice or by going to uh, relay.fm slash analog spelled the correct way slash 33. Perfect. I like putting that stress on everyone like, oh, what is the right way? I just told you where to go. So you know what the right way is. All right, we need to do a little bit of follow-out, if I may, and this will probably take at least a couple of minutes. Um, I made allusions earlier in the episode to you being out late last night. Would you mind sharing with the audience why you were out late last night? Yeah, so we're recording this episode on on Tuesday, March 24th, and on March 23rd, uh, myself and Jason Snell, who is currently residing in London, England, um, we... uh, we put on the first annual, <laughs> he hates it when I do that, uh, upgrade. Meetup. <laughs> uh, it was a rip roaring success. So we recorded upgrade live uh, in London in an undisclosed location. Um, and that was a fun episode to record in person. And then we went down to a bar in London and played host to many people. There were some great photos on the internet, which uh, I'll put a link into the show notes. On a very quick sidebar, I had no idea just how terrible Flickr has become. Oh, why? If you look through the album that uh, James Booth uh, took for us, like if you're just flicking through them, every now and then it shows you like a really scummy ad. Oh, really? I yeah. I did flip. I didn't flip through in the sense of um, going image by image. I just looked at the um, the the whole album and then selected images. But that's sad. Mm. Like really bad ads. That like look bad. Some of them are in not great taste. Like. And they're they're inserted as if they're photos, so quite confusing. But poor Flickr. Um, 
but yeah, it was a it was a really great time. Uh, we had way more people than we expected show up. Like, well, way that's excellent. More, way more than I expected, anyway. Um, I think Jason kind of hinted to me that like, why did you not expect it to be this way? But I picked the bar, <laughs> the bar that I picked. I picked specifically uh, in case that occurred. So uh-huh. I I picked a bar which was like a regular bar, like any bar that has rooms, like quite quite large rooms. And then when there ended up being more people in like the main bar than we kind of would have wanted, uh, we went upstairs to this room and we hung out in this room and it was a great time. Uh, we had a, we had a lot of good fun. I uh, didn't buy any drinks. All the drinks were bought for me. Um, upgrade list, uh, no analog listeners. That's the show we're doing right <laughs> now. Uh, they bought me Maker's Mark. Casey. Oh yeah. Yeah, that kept happening. <laughs> that's that's delightful. Maker's is wonderful. I love yeah, Maker's. But I kept being presented with glasses of like shots or doubles of just Maker's. That I can I, think of far worse ways to spend an evening. Oh, I know, but uh, and I loved it and I enjoyed them. It. It's very tasty, uh, but it was um, interesting. Uh, we were there for about five hours, uh, and lots of alcohol was consumed. But I feel I feel sprightly today, which is which is great. It's funny because as you get older, which you'll discover because you're basically twelve years old. Um, as you get older, you realize that. What was once a spontaneous thing, which is t- to say to go out for a night of drinking, you kind of have to plan that in advance as you get a little bit older. And perhaps more importantly, when you go and have many drinks in an evening, it is not that your consumption of water as you get older become g- transforms from a convenience to a necessity. Like when I was in college and I would go out drinking for hours, it, ah, whatever, maybe I'll have a, a sip of water before bed and I'd be fine. Then I got a little older and then I probably should have a glass of water every handful of drinks and that'll keep me sane the next day. And then you get old like me and then you do a drink or two, just, you know, just the drinks. And then after that, you're basically going one for one with glasses of water. Otherwise you're a disaster the next day. (laughs) So your time will come, my friend, but I'm genuinely glad that you feel sprightly this evening. That, That is a good sign. Yeah, and it was a good. T- it was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. So, what is it like to meet fans? I mean, obviously, this isn't the first time that that's happened. But is this the first time that you've had an event that was kind of centered around you? I mean, obviously, Jason as well. But you know what I mean? Like, you were the focus of the event. Uh, I think at this scale, yeah. Because Be- you were involved with the five by five meetup at WWDC, not uh, maybe last year. Is that correct? Yep, and other things in WWC, we've had like drinks in bars, you know. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like everybody come to a like a we're all at this bar, but like this was like a real thing that we had arranged. We told people this is a meetup that we're doing. Yeah, I think this is probably the most uh, put together type of type of thing mm-hmm. like this, and and I think that was why like I was I was very surprised by I was very surprised by how many people are in and around London that would want to come to something like this. I maintained that they that they came for Jason. Uh, which, uh that's not true. It's both of you. I think that people would be more willing to do something like this on a shorter notice or whatever, or not on any notice if Jason's here. Because if I'm here, it's like I'm always here, you know. And so that's not like a thing. Like Jason is not in London a lot, so. And if I start doing these now, we probably won't get the same turnout, but we might get a good turnout. But it's so much that I I feel like I should maybe have a little uh, 
many relay meetups more often in London because there's clearly uh, listeners out there who who want to come to these things. So why wouldn't I do that, I guess? Yeah, it makes me jealous that you live in such a big city, Um, not only because London is one of my favorite places on earth, but I feel like it would be kind of neat to do that sort of thing on a regular basis. And I've thought about doing something like that in Richmond, but A, I don't think there's enough people to justify it, and B... I don't want it to come across as look at me. Like with Jason being there, you have an excuse to do it. You know, it's not, hey, look at me, I'm I'm here, let's all worship me. It's hey, Jason's here and let's show Jason a good time. Does that you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and and so I would love to do that sort of thing in either here, or maybe in DC or something, but if you organize it around just yourself, that kinda comes across a little a little dodgy, you know? <laughs> it was like our friend Anshe came from Slovenia. Which is so awesome. I'm genuinely jealous that I didn't that I wasn't there and I didn't get to meet him. Although I, I feel like maybe it's for the best because you and I are roughly the same height. You might be a smidge taller than I am, and he is like thirteen feet taller than you are. He's so tall. <laughs> like the pictures don't even do it justice. Like my neck hurts from talking to him. <laughs> that guy's giant. Such a nice guy, though. Yeah, great guy. But and that's cool. awesome that that he took it upon himself to make that trip. And I know in Europe everything is reasonably close. But no matter how you slice it, if you're going to a different country, even if it's just next door, I mean that's that's an event. You know, that's not something to just shake your fist at. So because yeah, it's not the, even the distance; it's like the dealing with the airport part, right? Like and time. customs yeah, and it's, immigration. It's not, it's not like how far it is. It's still like a ton of time. Like I've I've have found it to be uh, easier to travel inside of the United States than it is to travel in Europe. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. The security is a lot more lax inside of the United States. I guess that makes sense. I mean, when, when you're staying within the States and flying domestically, it's it's not terrible. I don't think it makes sense at all, but but that that, that does seem to be the case. Well, yeah, I don't want to... We, we can go down this road, but let's, let's avoid it. So... Um, <laughs> So instead, let me ask you, so what is it like having a bunch of people there for you? Uh, and again, I mean, not just you, you and Jason as well, but did you enjoy that? Did it make you uncomfortable? You know, what? Tell me about your feels, Mike. I don't get uncomfortable anymore. This stuff seems to be becoming a more frequent thing. Like, you know, I did the Apple store talk a couple of weeks ago, so there was there was a bunch of people there, a bunch of people whose faces I recognized from that. Uh, oh, that's awesome! From that thing, which is cool, because they're it's the same crowd, right? They're all in London, you know. Um, so, like, you know, there are people there that I, I actually am becoming like friends with as well, you know. And there, and there mm-hmm. was actually a couple of people who I do consider friends who I've known over the last few years for these types of things, uh, who came down uh, to the trip. Um, and I'm, it, I find, and this might sound so obvious, but I find it these things are so much easier when there's alcohol involved. Well, yeah, it's it. Alcohol is a very, very wonderful social lubricant, and it just kind of makes everything a little smoother. It doesn't mean you have to have alcohol to have fun. It doesn't mean that you have to have alcohol to meet people. But it it's that little confidence boost that everyone needs. That you need to talk to strangers. That strangers need to talk to you. It. It helps out in in a lot of ways. The only problem, though, is if you happen to be someone who's very turned off by alcohol, having a meetup at a bar could be could be a a, a difficult thing. But yeah. but I I think doing it at a bar and as long as you're with a group of people that isn't being jerks and pressuring everyone around them to drink, which I can't imagine any of our listeners being that way, no, uh, then then it should be 
just a piece of cake. And um, bars work because they're they're good communal meeting places. Absolutely, like fundamentally, they are built for that, so that it works. Coffee shops, not as much. Like they're decent for a small group, but not the sort of thing that you guys were doing. No, um, and and with me, like if I have one or two drinks and I'm in a scenario like that, I don't feel like nervous or on edge or whatever anymore but in general i'm getting better at that now anyway um and and i am harnessing my skills as being able to be someone who can talk and ask questions and tell stories like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and i kind of use that to disarm what i sometimes would consider to be awkward scenarios like it is it is kind of strange uh when and I, I think I did. I said this last night. Like, it can be so peculiar. Like, because people know things about me, but I don't really know these people yet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and that is a peculiar thing. But you get, you start to get used to that. The more of this type of stuff that you do, um, and I am genuinely like I'm super thrilled that anybody would care enough uh, to to come to come a distance and talk to me. Um, and hang out with us and stuff. So I had an absolute blast. It was really, really great fun. And I'm so, so happy that we did it. And I'm really looking forward to more of this stuff. I can't wait uh, to be in San Francisco. I can't wait to be in all next week. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be really cool. I, I'm, I'm beginning to enjoy these things more and more and more. Um, it's, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I've been able to kind of get over the initial, like, this is crazy type feeling and now i kind of am able to enjoy these kinds of things more for what they are good so let me ask you a couple of quick questions but before i do that i'd like to um ask you do you feel like you have a handful of like go-to stories that you use in in social situations like not necessarily meeting a big group of strangers but say you and your girlfriend are going out to dinner and it's with a couple that you don't know terribly well do you find like i do that i that that you have the same five to ten to fifteen stories that that you tend to fall back on and tell anytime you meet somebody new because you've just gotten good at telling them because i definitely do that and i can't think of any particular stories offhand but there are like there's a, I have a repertoire of probably ten or twenty stories that I find anytime I'm in an not awkward but an uncomfortable social scenario, they're great stories to get people to just kind of see who I am and kind of get a laugh out of them. Are you like that too? No, I wish sometimes that I had those things that I could draw on. I mm-hmm. mean, like once one thing that I do in those scenarios is like I was telling the story of recording the show that day. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite like story at the moment is to tell the story of Federico going to San Francisco and how yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like his mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to talk about that. Um, and then <laughs> show everyone pictures of him. Like It's like I'm his mom. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, like, look at this picture of him and Tim Cook. He's how so nice adorable. Is that? He's you know? so adorable. And then I show everyone. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But yeah, and, and uh, people... Yeah, and I and I, I, I kind of tell those sort of stories, but I probably could do with uh, outside of those scenarios. But like how you mentioned, like if you're meeting a, some like some friends of a friend or you're like at a party or whatever, I always struggle with it because a lot of my interesting stories, I suppose, are related to podcasting and that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I am still quite like self-conscious about talking about it, talking to other people about this when they don't really fully understand it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I was just curious. All right, so let me ask you a 
few rapid fire questions. Uh, best part of the meetup last night. Um, oh, uh, there was a guy there whose name was Joey. I, I'm, I'm like very confident his name was Joey, and I'll feel terrible if I was wrong. Who had a Fuji film, uh, like Polaroid processing thing, a jig. Interesting. And basically, he could take pictures on his iPhone and print little Polaroid like style photos right there. Oh, that's awesome. So me and Jason both have a little Polaroid um of of like of of a photo. Is um, that what the, the little stick looking thing is that you were holding up in the Flickr gallery? It was like a little maybe an inch wide and two or three inches tall like Yeah. Okay. That's I was wondering what that was. Pictures that was just given to us and that that the Polaroid so you'll see Jason's holding his and the Polaroid, that's... So basically what happened is what you see in, in the photo that's in, the, it is in that in that gallery, Jason has his, and I have that picture mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as a little Polaroid. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So yeah, I have a, a little Polaroid photo of that of that, of that that night, which is really nice. Some of those pictures are really cool. Um, I know that there was some more people that were taking some more pictures, so I hope to see more. But like there's a picture of me and Jason hugging, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was really great. I I like I like uh, I like spending time with all you guys. I love spending time with Jason, and it was nice to to be able to do that with other people as well. That is awesome. Um, I was going to ask you the worst part, but I think instead of doing that, I will change the tone a little bit and ask you what was the most surprising part. The amount of people that came. That's an obvious answer, but I'll allow it because you said how many were there roughly? Maybe like. 60 or 70 people, I think. God, that's nuts. Yeah, it, it was way more way more than I expected. I was worried nobody would show up. Like, genuinely, I thought maybe there might be like three people, which would have been totally fine, but I would have felt like that I should have done more to get more people to be there for Jason to spend his time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic. Do you know what the worst part was, actually? I didn't get to talk to everybody. Oh, that's a... Adorable. That's such an annoyingly good answer. I'm proud. Yeah, I mean of you. it as well because there were like faces of people that I could see, and like either they didn't come up to me or whatever. Because because like in these sort of scenarios, like people, you kind of just jump, like get in a little group together or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so it was. It kind of it kind of sucked a bit uh, that that I didn't get to talk to everyone. Well, also, like, something that I struggled with doing these things myself, going to meetups and stuff, is, like, if you want to meet one of the people that, like, is putting on the meetup, they u- they usually have people around them. Like, so you'll see, like, in the in the photos, oh, you'll see, like, me and Jason both had, like, groups of people that were around us, and then there were, like, smaller groups of people that were talking to each other, and then they would kind of splinter away every now and then. But if, like, that conversation is going on, like, uh, it's it's can be quite difficult to, like break into it and like i would notice if i would see someone who was like hovering and like moving i would try and like talk to them like i would try and introduce myself to them but then it's it's a really like difficult this is so like first world it's like i don't even know what this is but it's like such a difficult thing to balance to try and make sure that you're talking i want to i want to talk to everyone that's there um yeah yeah it's it's hard it is difficult it's making me think about how and because I definitely want to do something like this in San Francisco, um, and I'm trying to think about how we're going to do it. But uh, 
that these sort of scenarios that can be a lot of fun, but it, they are that is a difficult thing to manage. Well, plus you you can't help but feel like a jerk when you know all of these people have come to see you or you and a few of your friends, and if you don't have time to go up to them, you feel terrible. And I, again, this is kind of a a podcaster problem, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I know I speak for you in saying in those sorts of scenarios, we would love to speak to every single person for at least a couple of minutes while you're there. And it's hard if you don't get to, and it's not because you're not trying, but it's, you know, if, if I see some person in the distance that I want to talk to, that doesn't mean I get that I'm justified in being rude to the people right next to me, you know, that are trying to talk to me. And it's a hard thing to manage, but, um, but no, I'm so glad you had a good time. I'm so glad so many people showed up. As far as I'm concerned, I, London is a big darn city. So if you're coming from across London to see this, to to meet with you and Jason, I think that's an extreme compliment to you guys. And I know you agree. And I think that that's just wonderful that people did that. But for someone to come from another country, like Anze, yeah. uh, Anjay, I'm going to get on Anjay. I don't know. I always get it wrong. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, for him to come a, a couple of countries away, more than a couple, I think, um, that's that's phenomenal and so awesome. And um, and I'm so glad that you guys got to do that. And I'm so sad that I that I couldn't be there. And I genuinely kicked around the idea of going over and, and just surprising you guys. And it's just going across the pond on a whim is just not an easy thing to do. That would know? have been unfair to everybody else that came because I would have just spent my entire evening with you. Oh, I, I hear you, though. I would probably have had to run away because I, did, I wouldn't have wanted to bogart all your time. Uh, why don't you tell us about something that's awesome, unless you have any other further thoughts about the meetup? No, uh, listen to Upgrade next week, because me and Jason will talk about it, and we're going to talk more about this sort of stuff. Because um, I've kept some stories. That's fine. There that's some fine. fun stories. There, Yeah, there's some really fun stories that people get to hear. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog. Lynda.com is for problem solvers. It's for people that are curious or who, you know, people who want to make things happen for themselves. Maybe you're looking to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics. Maybe you're looking for a raise at work or you've got that hobby you've always wanted to learn more about. Maybe it's Photoshop. Maybe it's, I don't know, learning how to make an Android app. Maybe it's how to localize your app. Lynda.com has courses on all of this stuff and so much more, like Xcode. Um, maybe you're interested. I've, I hear Marco recently talking about growth hacking. They have a course on Lynda.com <laughs> I saw the other day called Growth Hacking Fundamentals. I'm not 100% sure what that means, so maybe I should take uh, the Lynda.com course. They have courses on Illustrator as well as Photoshop, which I mentioned. I mentioned Excel. They have PowerPoint, Word, all of that stuff. Like, software products we're mentioning here but like maybe you know me and Casey have spoken about photography on this show before maybe you want to learn how to set up lighting and stuff like that or maybe you want to learn how to mic a room for an, an audio performance anything lynda.com has it all and you will be able to watch these courses and learn from top experts who are totally passionate about teaching you can stream these courses on demand whenever you want wherever you want you can learn on your own schedule you can watch them on the go with the iOS and Android apps you can watch in the web browser and follow along with the transcripts for, for each of the videos. They allow you to search for answers as well and skip to that point in the video if you're coming back to it later or you just know you want to learn one thing that is contained within that course. Learner.com, them just absolutely fantastic. And their membership is going to give you unlimited access to these 
hundreds of topics, these thousands of hours worth of incredible knowledge, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you want to learn something new, go and visit lynda.com slash analog right now and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog. Spell it however you like. Thank you so much, lynda.com, for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so we have a lot of things to talk about today, and we've already taken a lot of time with the meetup. So we're going to skip Relay Your Feels for this week. That's not to say we're giving up on it forever. We just need a, a little a little reprieve just for a moment so we can talk about some other things. And most specifically, we need to talk about something a little unhappy. And I, I like to think of this show as a fairly happy show, but we, we got to get a little real and got to get a little unhappy for a minute. Um, it turns out, Mike, that people are kind of jerks. And... That's really too bad. And would you like to talk to us about an example about how people are jerks? I think for the first time ever during this segment, we are going to have to bleep me in certain scenarios. Really? Because I will say right now that I am Now, for me, that is a word we'll have to bleep. I am Mm -hmm. so about this. Uh, I'm not going to say the domain name that this is affecting. You can find it, but it's our whole point. I don't want to send people to this website. If you go there and you find it on your own, it's fine. I had a website which was one of my previous homes on the internet, uh, my first podcast network. Uh, The domain was coming up for renewal recently, and it it was locked in previously with a registrar that I don't really like to use. Um, and when they told me it was coming up for renewal, I was like, I don't own and operate this website anymore, so I will let it go. Um, it, you know, it's one of those things, like anybody that knows me, I've spoken about this a bunch of times, I don't mind about that kind of stuff. Like, I don't need, like that website was so long ago for me now, like it's kind of not necessary that I keep it, was my was my feeling on it. So I just let the domain go. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly when this happened. I know I, I know, but I know I did it. Then after the Apple talk that I did, um, I mentioned a few times the name. I mentioned seventy decibels a bunch of times, um, and yeah, that's that's what it's in relation to. And then got a few people tweeting at me and saying, like. What what is like one person was like, what are you doing with this website now? Like, why you why have you got these links up there? And what, like some people are like, you know, you you seem to have been hacked or something. Somebody has bought the domain, seventy decibels dot com, which is perfectly fine. I allowed it to go, and if you're going to benefit from from my my any googling, that's perfectly fine by me. Set up your own website, whatever out there. They have put on that website uh, links to adult entertainment. Which is also Ugh. another thing. It's like, again, cost of doing business, I let the domain go. That's pretty much 100% what goes on these types of websites when they're parked domains. My problem is they have taken my old logo and some of my old blog posts and put them there. That's dirty. Yeah. That's so dirty. I'm so angry. I'm so angry about this because you don't need to do that. Like... People will come to the website anyway because they've already typed the domain by the time they got there. Um, And now I'm sitting in a situation where I look attached to this because they're using my logo. A logo that I love so much that is now being associated with something that is making me 
really angry. And I have contacted the domain registrar. They have told me they can't do anything and have pointed me to the hosting company. I have contacted the hosting company and they are not getting back to me. So I don't know what to do now. So I am in this situation where I... Because I know you can use like DMCA with this sort of stuff where... I can't take the, can't take it down. I I can't seem to get it taken down now because the companies that would take it down are not being responsive enough. So again, like this is one of those things. I know I'm going to get a bunch of follow up and I probably need it. Like I was just saying, like now if if anybody knows a better way for me to try and approach this, then please help me because I need the help because I really need this taken down. This person, Casey has not got who is protection on their domain name, so I have their email address and telephone number. Um, they're based somewhere in in uh, in Europe. And I can't tell you <laughs> how much I've had to pull back from personally contacting this person. And anybody out there, please don't contact them personally. Because if I go down a legal route, then we can't... I don't want to cross those streams... But I have thought about just picking up the phone and just be like, what is wrong with you as a human being? Just take it down. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Um, I think the only obvious answer is a constant and uh, never-ending denial, distributed denial of service attack. That That's the only thing we can do. Uh, if anybody wants to do that, do it. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I am kidding, but God, that's terrible. And I would encourage... I would encourage you not to look at this, it, not you personally, but I would encourage listeners not to look at this, but I will paint you a word, a word picture. Um, so this way you don't have to look at it. Uh, the 70 decibels logo is on it. It says purveyors of fine programming. And then there's navigation below that home videos. And then a description of the videos. That's one word long that begins with P I'll let you fill in the rest and then free same word. So clearly, as you said, trying apparently the fine programming that 70 decibels is purveying is purveying is uh not what you want to be associated with um what's what i think i might find most distasteful about this well maybe not most distasteful what do i find terribly distasteful about it is that it says at the bottom copyright 2015 pipe m mh purity light wordpress theme by mh themes Obviously, that's not you. But it's also but, my initials. But it's also your initials, which yeah. is also terrible. This is genuinely disgusting behavior. And I I have done crappy things in my life. Sometimes accidentally, sometimes on purpose. We're human. Everyone's human. But to go out of your way to leverage somebody else's hard work to earn you what I assume to be five bucks a month is just disgusting. Like I don't, there are so many times that I think to myself, if I look in the mirror, will I be disappointed with what I see as a silly example? There's been a couple of times over the years that we've been asked if we would like to accept a sponsor for this show or for ATP and and maybe it's a sponsor that I'm just, it doesn't make me comfortable. It's not like, you know, this sort of uh, entertainment or anything like that. But maybe it's maybe it's something that I'm just not comfortable with. I can't even think of a good example, to be honest with you. But it's happened. They're actually in um, Mexico, by the way, not, not Europe. Oh, okay. 
Well, so, you know, I, I think to myself, well, if I accepted the money from this sponsor and if we did the sponsorship, am I going to be proud of that? Am I really going to be okay with this? And sometimes I'll think, no, it doesn't happen often, of course, but it does happen. And, and then to me, that's the answer. Like if I can't look at myself, if I can't look at Aaron, if I can't look at Declan and, and if I just feel gross at night, that that's just, that's a bad sign. And I don't understand how people can do this. Like, how can you be okay with this? God, now I'm upset. So there are a couple of things that I want to address that are coming up in the chat room. Um, where Amateur is asking, I wonder if their process is automated, find expiring domain, scrape up site, put it up with links. The thing is, if that is the case, they have they have picked some very specific blog posts. That's my problem. So like the posts that are on the site, like there was like 10 podcasts on the site. It's got nothing about those. It's got three random blog posts from like halfway through the history of the website's blog. And it's got and it's got our logo, but we never had the logo on a white background. So like they have gone and found the logo. The logo was on a wood background because the, the background of the website was wood. It was like a wood panel. It's getting more for some time. Uh, <laughs> so they have like they've they've done some work. Like someone has done some work. Again, like I I actually think this person probably doesn't know who I am. Like they they have bought this domain and then like gone and done this, but they've manufactured it and put it together. And like my 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 feeling about this is like I just think this person's a scumbag. I don't think you need to qualify that with the words I think. This person unequivocally, there is no doubt in my mind, is a scumbag. I don't know their personal situation. They're, mm, I understand. I do. I hear what you're saying. You don't know if they're really hard up for money because they can't put food on the table otherwise. But I I don't know, man. But look, my, my feeling about that is even then, like, and, I, and I, this is why I keep flip-flopping about this because I'm struggling with this, is you don't need to use my logo because people are already on the goddamn website. That you've already got them. Why do you feel the need to have to trick them and Mm -hmm. and to use something that belongs to me to do this? This is mine. How dare you? Like, I have let you have the domain, right? You have already gotten that from me because I, I chose to let it go. It wasn't an accident. I chose to let it go. So I don't have a problem. Like, you can take it. It is yours now. Congratulations to you because now you have a domain that maybe a couple of people a month will go to, right? Which is maybe more than like many of the other domains you have, which probably nobody ever goes to because people don't type in random domain names into the internet, right? People are going to this one. So when they're there, you have them. But instead, you are choosing to trick them. Like... I'm saying I I I don't know what this person is going through. I don't know if they need the money or whatever. But like I feel that all I can do is look at it from the face of it. And from the face of it, I see no compassion for me. Like No, I agree. There is none. Because of what because of the way that you have chosen to do this. Like there is no scenario where it is okay that you use the logo, in my opinion, like, and that you have to go and do some extra work to get the logo and use it in this way. 
because you have the domain, people are going to the site. You've got them. Stop pretending to try and be me. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you're either doing it to upset me or to trick people. There is nothing good in this. So just don't, just don't do it. Oh. Yeah, it really, it really bothers me a lot. And it bothers me as a bystander because I, I care about you and what you think. I, I cannot fathom what it would feel like to be in your shoes. And I don't know. I, I don't see how doing this sort of slimy thing is justifiable. Like, I, I don't know. I feel, I, I recognize that I'm coming from a place of privilege in saying this because I haven't, I mean, I've lived paycheck to paycheck for sure, but I've never gotten to the point that I'm genuinely unsure where my next meal is coming from. And maybe that's the situation for this individual, but golly, I feel like there are other ways to go about making money. And like you said, take the domain and put disgusting ads all over it. Fine. But to go to the point of trying to masquerade as the old domain, to masquerade as you, what good comes of that? That just makes you a scumbag. And to be honest, and I'm sorry because now I'm going to have to make you edit, but if you're doing that, you're a f***ing that's just they the are. end of the meeting. They are. They really are. It's just that there's nothing else about it. I mean, that's the way it is. It's just... Because the other thing is, people are only finding this because I did a talk at an Apple store at Apple's request. Yeah. And the link there, I don't like. No, I completely understand. That it's... is embarrassing professionally for me. And it's the the really tough thing about it is you didn't do anything wrong, you know? Like it it's it's not like this was a domain that you were actively using. For by any reasonable measure, you should have let this expire because you weren't using it anymore. There was no need to have it. I haven't used this for over 2 years. Right. Why would you hold on to it? But now I know I can never let any domains go ever because I once let I, I tried to transfer, I used to own MikeHurley.com, and I used to, I tried to transfer it. The domain registrar locked it, let it expire, and sold it. I'm not even kidding. Like, Lovely. This is why we talk about Hover, right? Because these companies, they're just... And now it's like, I think like some Chinese company owns it. But then, like, I don't care about that one, because it's like, whatever... Oh, it's, I think it's down now, but a Chinese company owned it for a while. It's parked. But that doesn't bother me. Because I own MikeHurley.net, uh, which is also going through some DNS problems at the moment, which I need to fix. Uh, I hate domains. Yeah, uh, apparently. I'm just... It's just... It's so disgusting. It's just genuinely disgusting that someone would choose this this way either to earn money or, like... If you've wronged somebody in Mexico, A, I don't know how, and B, there are way more adult ways of accomplishing getting over that and, and working that out than what this individual has done. It's just such a dirty, low-down, no-good, you should be, not you, Mike, you should, you know, this person should be embarrassed, disgusting, dis- deplorable, awful thing to do. And granted, there, yes, there are way worse things that can be done from one human to another. I'm not discounting that. But 
you know, here it is. I feel like you and I are both upstanding guys. We try to be nice. We try to do the, do right by people. We try not to be jerks. And what did you do to deserve this? Like you didn't do anything. And yet you're sitting there minding your own business, doing what you're supposed to do. And this jerk comes out of the woodwork to kind of screw you. Like uh-huh. why? Oh God, I'm so angry. Oh, I'm so angry. I've been this angry since I had to listen to the Mac Pro discussion for two hours. <laughs> that's, that's not true. I'm much more angry now. Oh God, that's so gross. Uh, it, just makes, it makes me feel like I need to shower right now. It's just, I don't know what to do about it, man. And like, that's, that's the other thing. Like, the internet is not really built to handle this sort of issue. Because everyone just points their fingers at everyone else and says, yep. oh, it's their problem. I'm going to paraphrase a quote from uh, one of my favorite TV shows, which is Scrubs. And I'm going to censor it a little bit so you don't have to put in a thousand bleeps. But people are jerky coated jerks with jerk filling. And that's kind of what it is. Yep. (sighs) Let's talk about something else. Yes, let's do that. I want to talk about a sponsor, but I'm I'm excited for the very end of this sponsor read today. Oh. Because I get to do something that I've always wanted to do and have never done before. Oh, that sounds fun. This week's episode of Analog is supported by Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. Wealthfront software manages your money using investment strategies that were previously only available to the wealthiest of investors for just one quarter of the cost of using a traditional advisor. Wealthfront monitors your account 24-7, automatically rebalancing your portfolio and reinvesting the dividends that are working to maximize your after-tax returns. Wealthfront is overseen by a team of investment experts. These people were behind and they launched the Index Fund Revolution and have written some of the most important books in finance. In case you're still not convinced, you should know that Wealthfront manages over $2 billion in client assets and has saved millions of dollars on taxes for its clients. So with Wealthfront watching over your investments every single day, what will you do with all of the extra time? Visit wealthfront.com slash analog to get your first $10,000 managed for free. Now, Casey, are you ready for this bit? I am excited. <clears throat> I get to do a disclaimer. Okay. Uh, so, here we go. In double speed time. Wealthfront Inc. is a SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member of the FNIRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks, and there is a possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read their full disclosure. Oh. It's good, right? It's exciting. I'm going to practice that over the next couple, because they're with us for the next couple of weeks, and I want to get faster and faster every week. Do you remember, now I'm going to have to go spelunking for this video, but um, this is probably an American thing. Did you guys have micro machines in the UK? Yes. Okay. Well, they did advertisements or adverts to you where there was a gentleman whose name I don't know, but was a speed talker and could talk really, really fast. And he would do these micro machine advertisements. I remember this so vividly. vividly. I'm going to have to see if I could find one on YouTube and we'll put it in the show notes. But it was just this thing where he would talk like a, a million miles an hour, so to speak. And it was amazing. God, I love these videos. So I'm going to have to find one. Yeah, I think we had the same ads, I think, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll put something in the show notes to to show you. But um. 
but it was very cool. And so what you need to do is aspire to be more like that guy. Okay. All right. Uh, what else are we talking about? Let's round out the show with a happier subject. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know if this is a happy subject or not. Oh, okay. So I want to talk about website stats. Ah. <laughs> All right. Because you tweeted this thing, and, and I liked it because uh, you put a character in this tweet that I don't understand, and I got to claim that you were in the Illuminati, which I was very proud of. Some triangle thing? Can you read the tweet and explain what you mean here? Okay. So the tweet reads, and I will read it as it is intended to be read. Looking at RSS subscribers and Casey Liscom followers, that would be the Twitter account that auto-retweets my website. So looking at RSS subscribers and Casey Liscom followers, it's clear I should never deviate from Apple stuff. Sad realization, but not changing. Now what I had done is I had written sad realization, but not triangle ing. That triangle is actually the Greek letter delta, which in a lot of engineering disciplines represents change. And so I had intended it to read, like I said, not changing. Uh, hand on heart, I showed Erin your reply to that, or maybe she found it on her own because she follows both of us. Either way, she saw your reply to that tweet and she started, she burst out laughing sitting next to me on the couch. She thought it was hysterical. Um, so but I can yes. see why you did that now, because I wondered why you were doing it. I thought it was one of those weird Casey things that you do. Um, <laughs> like, like okay. you know, when you say, like, renting a pad mini. Thing. Oh, right. But right, I can right. see okay. now that, that that tweet is actually a twoosh. Are you familiar with that? Yes, term? I am familiar with twoosh. A twoosh is when you have a Twitter swoosh, um, which is a, an allusion to basketball. Oh, that reminds me. We need to do some uh, middle of the show follow up. Um, half of the internet has corrected me that when Michael Jordan came back to the NBA, he actually won a second three-peat. So apparently my memory is a little bit off when someone it comes to- Someone was really angry at you. Yes. Yeah, because they were like, angry. didn't do nothing? Well, like a second three-peat is nothing to you? I saw it and I was like, I don't know what that means, but I know that that person is upset at Casey. Yeah. So my apologies. Um, basically what I'd said on the show was Michael Jordan won three consecutive championships, a three-peat then retired, and then that was that. And then he came back to the Washington Wizards and was not very good anymore. What actually happened was he won his three championships, retired, came back, won three championships, retired. Somewhere in the middle, there was some baseball. And then he came back to the Washington Wizards, and at that point, it was not as good. So anyway, I apologize for the mid-show follow-up. Just, I just remembered it. Um, so where was I going with this? So anyway, so the, the, the twoosh is, that's why, because it's a Twitter swoosh, a swoosh or swish. Uh, is a basketball thing where you get a basket or you score points and you you get the ball in the basket without hitting the rim or the backboard. So um, it's a Twitter swoosh, which is which is to say I used all 140 characters, not one less. And so that's why I needed the Delta symbol to represent change because otherwise I couldn't fit it in one tweet. Um, but yeah, so the, the reason I brought or the reason I tweeted that was because I had recently posted Shoot, I don't remember specifically what, but I'd posted something that was not related to Apple. And I had noticed that my RSS, I had lost a few RSS subscriptions, that um, I think I'd lost a few followers of the Casey Liscom Twitter account. And it was a little frustrating because I I just, I want to be loved. All I want in the world is to be loved, Mike. And, um, and, and, I I would like to, 
I, I aspire to one day be as influential a writer and blogger as Stephen Hackett or Marco Arment, or I don't think I'll ever be a, a John Gruber, and I don't really aspire to be at that level, but I'd like to be able to write things and have them get noticed. And I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't. Th- I think that's a fairly human trait. But it's tough because I want to give my audience, which I already feel kind of dirty phrasing it that way, but I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I have some audience. It may not be big, but I have one. Uh, I want to give my audience a view of all of me, not just the part of me that's interested in Apple. I want to talk about what it's like to live with infertility. I want to talk about what it's like to be a new dad. I want to talk about what it's like to be married to a teacher. And I feel like that's a valuable and useful part of understanding who I am. And maybe it's obnoxious of me to assume that anyone anyone wants to know who I am and understand who I am. But I feel like that's not unreasonable to want to share that with everyone. And... When I share anything other than my thoughts on Apple, oftentimes I see my RSS subscriptions fall, in my caseless com followers fall. And that's, that's, it's not hurtful, but it hurts. And that makes me feel kind of bad. But on the other side of the coin, I should point out that I got a lot of really just genuinely wonderful responses to this tweet saying, no, 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 no. I may have landed on you by way of Apple stuff and ATP, but... I stay because of all the other things that you're interested in. And I think to like Daring Fireball, and I could not care less about baseball. I am not a baseball kind of guy. And I don't really get Stanley Kubrick. But by and large, I love Daring Fireball. And I kind of like at least glancing at the posts that John makes about Kubrick and about baseball because it gets me a better picture of John Gruber the man. Similarly, I happen to think coffee is evil. But I like at least glancing at the posts that Marco writes about coffee because it shapes who Marco is. And so it's a constant struggle um, to, to figure out, should I worry about statistics and do what the numbers say I should do? Or should I do what makes me happy? I don't know. So what do you think, Mike? How mu- Okay, so why were you paying attention to the statistics in the first place? Um, it's a really good question. I, part of, part of it is I want to know that people like me. It's the same reason people look for favorites on, on Twitter. It's the same reason people look for likes on Facebook or Instagram. I, I or retweets or anything, you know, I just, I want to know that I want people to pay attention to me. You know, I, let's be honest. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Maybe that's a little petty or immature, but I just want people to pay attention to me. I feel like I have, at least on occasion, some interesting things to offer. But um, I just want people to pay attention to me. And how do I know that outside of statistics? Now, of course, there's many obvious answers to that question, but Is especially there? as a kind of, well, sure, uh, you know, how people, oh God, I can't think of a better word, but how people engage with me on Twitter, um, how how I'm received in, in on ATP by way of people commenting to me on Twitter or perhaps sending in feedback or on the rare occasions I am stupid enough to look at, uh, at iTunes reviews. Um, you know, there's plenty of ways I can see whether or not people are paying attention, but especially for someone who's kind of a ones and zeros kind of dude, you know, looking at numbers is a really good and clear cut way to answer that question. 
Do you look at statistics? Do you look, I mean, do you look at download numbers for the podcast? Well, mm, that's not fair because you have to because of sponsorships, but do you, do you glean anything from those numbers or do you just report them to sponsors and walk away? Very long time ago, I wrote a blog post and these, but about once a year, um, I, I write something that I'm angry about or care a lot about. And uh, I put this on Stephen's blog (laughs) (laughs) because it's the only, you know, no one really goes to my website. I have a blog on my website, but nobody ever reads on it because why would you like, nothing ever goes there. This is called Why I Stopped Caring About the Numbers. And this came because um, I had just listened to, I I need to put this back in my queue. Um, about once a year, I listen to Merlin Mann and John Gruber's 2009 South by Southwest talk. Which is wonderful. Uh, called 149 Surprising Ways to Turbocharge Your Blog with Credibility. It's one of the very best things ever made on the internet. Um, I love it. I love it so much. I'm going to put it back in my half duffer now. Um, and in the show notes. And, and of course in the show notes. And uh, it's something that everybody should listen to. One of the things they talk about there is about um, audience quality over quantity. And instead of thinking like how many people are, are reading what I do, uh, what about the people, the individual people and like the person that you want to see on the other side of the monitor and that person being somebody that you respect. So I care, I do definitely care more about that now. Um, I I care more about the type of people listening. Are the people that listen to these shows people that I think are interesting, people that I respect, people that I think share um, similar like thoughts and feelings to me, and and I mean that in all senses of the word. So like the people I respect, people I look up to, people that share the same sort of feelings and and thoughts that I do, are the people that like maybe I don't know yet, but I that my imagination of what a listener of my shows will be. Which is why I continue to do shows that have smaller audiences, some uh, a third, sometimes like a fifth, sometimes like a tenth of some of my other shows because they're important to me or I enjoy them. This one is a great example because I love this show, but it certainly doesn't get the kind of listener counts that a lot of other shows get. But I got to tell you, we, we, you and I have not spoken about this Um I think the fans of this show are some of the most loyal and dedicated fans of of any show that I've seen. So this is the this is that th- the weird weird thing that comes with this sort of stuff is sometimes your smallest shows end up being the shows that people care the most about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and 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 it's because you end up with like a small group of people that really really care about what what you're talking about. So I I basically wrote a, wrote on Stephen's blog about I actually for a while just stopped looking at statistics completely because they weren't important for me because mm-hmm. they weren't part of my business but now I do need to look at those numbers uh, because I have a duty of care to our advertiser to report those numbers um, or also to give an indication as to how much we charge for our spots that kind of thing so now when I look at those statistics. I have different kinds of feelings to them. Sometimes I look at them as trends and I'm like, oh, that's nice to see. That shows increasing in download numbers. That equates to other trends that I feel like I'm seeing, like feedback uh, responses are going up or feedback responses are going down or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, 
But when I see, and I've seen some of our shows over time uh, decline or a show like will take a hit for a while and then it starts to build again. Like It's like, oh, okay, we took a change in the way the show was being produced or we did something with it. And this this doesn't just count for relay, by the way. This is like when I was at Five by Five as well. It's the same sort of thing, mm-hmm. or like you know, oh, I we've changed a format on a show because we felt like it wasn't working. And oh, great! It seems like there are more people listening, and it seems to have worked, you know. Or like we see a thing, it's like, oh, that makes sense because I felt not so great about this, and said, so, okay, now we can take some steps to it. So they're like, they're like, I see them as long term trend lines. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I do not care about week to week shifts even month-to-month shifts in some cases because I feel like some of that stuff shakes out over time. Um, But I really don't put the same amount of emphasis that I used to because when I do, it kills me still. So when, like, Inquisitive, when I did the reboot, uh, those first two weeks, my life was hell because I was living on Libsyn looking at those numbers. Um, and, And... took me a week or two and now I've broken out of it and I probably check those statistics once or twice a week now just to see if the episodes are staying on track um and now like our number like our numbers we do a a, like every month we just put them together in a google document just so we can keep track of it over time and build a graph out of it Mm -hmm. because you know it's good to do that stuff for some of our shows that's the only time I look at those numbers because and and it's not because I don't care I do care but I don't want to live there because I could because those numbers they update like every hour I could be there checking them yeah um but I know what it will do to me if if I didn't I you know there's, there's there is a place where I'm like I wish I only checked these once could only check these once a year but it's not the right way I feel for me to do business right now maybe one day but right now, that's not how we have even decided to structure our business. We de- we have decided to to build our um, numbers based on a scale that we think is is representative with the downloads. Like we, we, we you know we 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 tend to do fixed cost advertising. So we say to someone, it costs this amount to advertise mm-hmm. one of our shows. Um, as many people in podcasts do, and also in the same way that many people in podcasts do, we build that from a sort of formula uh of what we think is a is a an amount of money which equates to the download you know like so for example let's say like if we have a show that has 1000 people you pay this much 2000 10000 20000 you know and and we have our own little scale that we have internally as to what we think that that meets and it changes show to show some shows we can charge and we do charge more money on and then others it's you know it, it's all businessy business stuff <laughs> uh, but that's the one thing that we use our numbers for, and it's the one thing that I check. So, what do you do with statistics? How often do you check yours? Be um, honest. I look at Twitter followers once or twice a day. Um, I usually at least glance at who has just followed me to see if it's somebody I recognize that... Maybe it's a friend from ages ago. Maybe it's somebody I respect. Maybe I do it's... exactly the same with Twitter, by the way. I didn't leave that. I, I accidentally left that out. That's a more interesting thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I look at that daily. Um, I look at Google Analytics for my website typically daily unless I've either posted something that I'm very proud of or posted something that I know has somehow gotten traction. So let me give you two examples. 
Something that I was very proud of, or at least at the time I posted it, was my post, uh, a couple of posts actually. One about what would it be like if Apple sold the watch in retail, um, not Apple stores, but like Zales and and stores like that, like traditional jewelry stores. Um, I thought that was a pretty good post and a very clever and interesting take on it. It nobody cared. It didn't did. go anywhere. Well, but I have course. no, I have nowhere to point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm sorry. No, that's quite all right. Um, and nobody cared. It never went anywhere, and that's fine. Um, the other one that I wrote recently that I was pretty proud of was my very well. I thought it was very angry post about how people were getting angry about the Apple Watch Edition and how oh, Apple has lost their way. They don't know what they're doing anymore. Some they're all they care about is fashion. This isn't my Apple anymore. Rah. Um, neither of those really went anywhere. I like that one so much. I asked you to quote me. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> um, but um, that being said, uh, those didn't really go anywhere. And and I would watch Google Analytics to see, you know, does anyone, has anyone picked this up? Has anyone commented on it? And, and you know, I would look at referrals and see if, um, in real-time statistics and see. Um, which, by the way, Google Analytics real-time statistics, once you have even the smallest audience, is like the most intoxicating thing in the world. And I kind of regret having added it because now every time I post, I'm like, oh, look at all the people looking at me. Oh, this is delightful. Uh, but anyway. I have um, only ever paid attention to Google Analytics, I think, twice in the properly in the entire time that we have run our business, which was mm-hmm. launch day and inquisitive launch day. I yeah. think I check Google Analytics once every few months with any sort of... And and then I'm typically only looking for is anybody using iOS nine? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and and there is actually Casey a few people that look at Relay FM from Cupertino using iOS nine. Go figure. Yeah, I know. It's good. They're either spoofing me, which that would be weird if you were doing that. Like that's that's very specific. Uh, but I like to look at that every now and then. I think that's funny. Um, so basically, whenever I see nine to five say that it's happening on their website, I see they're doing it on ours then, as well. Yep. Um, because our website traffic is like completely doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it really doesn't. Your listener downloads do, or your mm. downloads do, but like but relay.fm is a destination. Like we, ideally, someone goes there once or twice and never comes back because they're subscribing. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so those were a few examples of posts that I expected to go somewhere and I was really proud of and didn't go anywhere. Maybe I shouldn't have been proud of them. Maybe, um, maybe they just weren't that remarkable, but they didn't really go anywhere. Now, coincidentally, just recently in the last week, I wrote a post that I didn't expect to go anywhere. Uh, I, it's called, you should use DuckDuckGo. And it's about a search engine that I've come to really like. And I didn't expect that to go anywhere. Next thing I knew, uh, Jim Dalrymple picked it up and put it on Loop Insight. And oh my goodness, does that man push some traffic. He's Holy pretty cow. good at that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so then I was intoxicated by looking at all the different, like, uh, different, all, all the usage and and all the numbers based on that post. And so that was a different, um, a different reason to pay attention to Google Analytics. But in the end, I think there are two, if I'm really honest with myself, and if we really get real, there are two reasons I look at the um, at Google Analytics and and the two reasons I pay close attention to Twitter followers. And it's because, A, I, 
I think I still, and I've said this before on the show, I still in many ways don't entirely feel like I belong. Like I've hoodwinked everyone into listening to me. Like I've, I've ridden, not only did I ride Marco and John's coattails, but I'm still riding them. Even this show, which has nothing to do with Marco and John and never has, I'm still somehow riding their coattails. And I know like intellectually, I know that's not really true, but a part of me deep down inside still worries about it and still feels like it's true. Cause I, I really did shortcut my way into internet mega air quotes fame. And that's not entirely fair. And so I still feel guilty about it. And so that's Do you part feel of like reason. he didn't pay your dues. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like I haven't really had to work for it as hard as a lot of people like yourself have had to do. Um, and so in that sense, I still carry a bit of guilt about that and I still am uncomfortable with it. And so I pay attention in a lot of ways to, to see, well, if people are paying attention to things that are uniquely mine, like my Twitter account, like my website, then that's pay, they don't have to pay attention to that. You know, they could follow you and not me. They could follow John and Marco and not me. But if they're following me, that's a good sign. And so, and if, they're, and if people are reading my website, that's a good sign. And if the trend is up, that's a great sign. And so there's that. And, the, and, and that's issue or reason one, I look at, I look at these numbers. Reason two that I look at them is I dream one day that maybe I can get to the point that maybe my job is being, I mean, there's several different ways of phrasing this an internet personality. Maybe you could phrase it derisively as an analyst um, in the negative way, or maybe in the positive way uh, you could call, maybe I could be a pundit, which usually again comes with a negative connotation. But in other words, does it what if like I, pundit? I th- I like it, but I, I think it's a 50, 50 analyst, okay. I think is uniquely derisive or among this circle anyway, but I think analyst is more like 70, 30, but <laughs> fair 50, enough to 50. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, I would love to make my living, not unlike what you do, Mike, as being an internet personality. Now, I don't think I'll ever do enough podcasts and, and own my own podcasting network, um, even even co-own it. Uh, to, so I don't think I could ever live off of just podcasts. But, you know, could I diversify myself so so that I, I do a podcast or two, I write on my website, maybe do something else, I don't even know what that would be. And so I look at these numbers to see, well, what if, what if this is more? What if my website is getting a hundred thousand page views a month? Maybe I can put an ad or two on there. Maybe it won't make a lot of money, but it'll make more than zero, which is what it's making right now. Um, so it's funny because on the one side, I'll tell you, I, I pay attention to these things because I'm not sure if I belong. And then on the next breath, I'll tell you, I, I'm paying attention to these things because I'm waiting for the day I can make money off of it, yeah. you know, which are like polar opposites. And that's very, very weird, but it's the truth. And if this show, if nothing else is, is about the truth and feels. So I've been, me- I've been wanting to talk to you about uh, this little bit um, for, for a bit because we've been talking about you with these blog posts and those ones in particular how you wanted them to go somewhere mm-hmm. that maybe they didn't yep and i i think that ultimately there is i'm afraid my friend more dues paying to happen oh i think you're absolutely right and and that's the thing is because i got 
because I shortcut my way into the podcasting no, 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 sphere. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying to you. I know why you would make that jump. And and I, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think that this show uh, got off to a really good start. And we're at a pretty good level. A level that, trust me, you can't just walk in and grab. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have been able to do that because uh, you have an existing popular podcast. So you have an audience of people that listen to podcasts. And I think if you went and did any podcast now, you would have a podcast audience that will come with you. That see, The thing is, that doesn't translate so much um, with, the, with, the, with the website, with the writing, mm-hmm. because that's not what people know you for. Like You don't yeah, need yeah, yeah. to pay dues in general anymore. You don't, because... You have, however you got to the point that you're at, it doesn't matter because now people know if they think you're good or not. So you've kind of done that now. Um, mm-hmm. You've been out there, you've you've said your stuff. People can think to whether they think you're an idiot or whether they think you're clever. Like that's the same with everybody. doesn't matter how popular you are. People have those exact same feelings, right? People think that Marco's either clever or he's an idiot, right? right. It's just the way it is. It doesn't matter how good or not you are. It's just, the way people think um which is perfectly fine normal and human uh so you've kind of you've got that people that listen to podcasts they have that feeling about you i don't know if people know yet whether you are smart when it comes to the writing uh because a very different set of muscles sure um and you just i think it's just a matter of just time and and the thing is, because it was you have to do like what everybody did now. Like you you have a uh you have a head start because there are people that know about you, so you can point to your blog post like we've done today, or like you could uh, mention them on ATP or whatever. But people now need to see from you, and they need to see that other people respect you as somebody who has smart stuff to write about. Right. Because it's it's way um. It it's a much much higher barrier to entry to to be smart in writing because people are more forgiving in podcasts. Like you can say something that's kind of smart, um, because you're you're talking more expen- extemporaneously. Yep. Where if you're writing, there has to be more considered thought. Absolutely. No, you're you're making perfect sense. So, I think that it will come. You just need to keep working at it, and it. So it means you may, you may, you may in the next six months write the best stuff you're ever going to write, but in a year's time, you have way higher traffic and it continues to grow. And you may not be writing the best stuff of your life anymore, but it doesn't matter at that point because that's when people are paying attention. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I hope I don't because I've been... That's not at all how I think you sound. Oh, good, because I, I am so unbelievably lucky and and blessed to have been given all these opportunities. And I think you're right. And the and the, th- the other thing I'm not really recognizing is I, sometimes I'll write a blog post and I'll come back to it not too long after I've written it and think, oh, that needed some work. Those points didn't really go together as much as I thought they did. And I don't think that's unhealthy, but it builds on what that's you were normal. saying, Mike, that I just need to keep doing it and keep trying and get better at it. Because over time, like you'll pick up a bigger audience on your own, but then people will start linking to you, and and that's when it gets anyone. Like you mentioned, like Stephen and Marco, like that's how they did it. 
And they've both spent years working on their audience. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to shortcut it in the span of like, I think I, my, I first started posting on my blog a little under a year ago. Like that's not enough time. I have, I have a lot more work to put into it before I get to their level. But the see, I look at it as your unfair advantage. The person it's most unfair to is you. Because I'm doing all of this building in the in the public eye. No, because you have a falsified sense of success. Yeah, I think that. Well, I don't know if it's falsified or not, but I, Wait, I understand that, your uh, point. Not false. Let me let me say that. Let me think of a different way to say that. You have a an incorrectly judged view of success. Well, I, I doubt my own success a lot. No, and no, no, no. Like your bar of success is too high. I see your point. Because the projects that you have been attached to have been way more successful than most people's first popular projects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your your barometer for success is way higher than anybody else's when they set out on a on a on a journey that you're now on, which is trying to make caseylist.com a place where people go to find out interesting things. Mm-hmm. Because You're that, right. that is where that currently exists. But you you are now in a, in a phase where you're trying to build other people into feeling that way. But it's just it's a long it's a long term thing to say but unfortunately and I, and I do actually think it's unfortunate for you which I think a lot of people would take umbrage with. In that you you have been you are, you have now had a, a taste of success, um, which you are still uh, you are still working on and still making great stuff. So it's not like the taste is fleeting, but it's just in something else. So it's it's like it's clouding your judgment a bit, I think, and it's making you harsher on yourself. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think I think it is both. It's a double edged sword, as I guess what we're both saying. I do not want to lose sight of the fact that I am so unbelievably, incredibly, indescribably lucky that that I have found my way into this podcast, among many other things. But it does make anything that it makes anything that isn't a smash success seem like a failure, which is yeah. too bad. Yeah, which is you know it's like as far as prices to pay, it's not a bad one. No, certainly because not. Because it, it means you have at least had a success. But it does make it really hard. Because like, in the same vein, like I've had shows that have been very successful. I've had shows that have been not so much. And they have actually gone in that order. And that hurts more. Yeah. I completely agree. There's one last thing that I want to mention. Because mm-hmm. I think it is kind of related. Um, recently, I've been trying to say smarter things about technology. Okay, so like I am, I am also uh, uh, like yourself. Uh, I consider myself to be very privileged about some of the company that I get to keep on my podcasts. Um, you know, when, when I think about, like, for example, uh, I get to talk to Jason Snell. Absolutely, week, right? Mm-hmm. It's just me and Jason, and Jason is a multi-year, like veteran of talking about apple he has worked in the magazine industry for a very long time he has worked at very high positions and you know he's someone that uh 
is extremely well, 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 well respected by everyone in our industry. And I am lucky that I get to talk to him every week. So I now feel like I have to hold my own a little bit more. Uh, that when me and him are talking, uh, I I feel like now and that I have to have a put my opinions out there a bit. And I do this on, on that show. I do it on Connected as well because Stephen and Federico, they have a great mind for this stuff. And I feel like in the past, I've kind of just always kept my opinions to myself. And I'm trying to be more, like I'm trying to kind of like just put them out there a bit more, which, you know, can set you up to look like an idiot. But I'm trying to to, to be more vocal with my opinions on these things because I figure maybe I kind of have to be now like Mm -hmm. i'm at the point now where it's like i can't if i maybe want to have a future i maybe have to establish myself as someone who might know something you know rather than just enabling everyone else yeah and and i am more than happy to be the enabler like in all of those shows right i see myself as a host which Mm -hmm. is my role it's the role that i am extremely happy to play but it's in if we're having a conversation that I actually have a point in the conversation, not just sitting there and going, yep. Because, like, Jason asks my opinion. As I sit there and go, yes, Jason, I agree with you. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Like, so, you know, and I feel that our show is is better sometimes when I challenge him. Um, like, if I don't agree with something, I say it. Because then I sometimes, what what will quite frequently happen and what I love is he will be able to tell me why I'm wrong or why he thinks that I'm wrong. And I probably am. <laughs> but it, and they, it allows for like further thought and, and like deeper thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it makes the show better. But it's just the idea. It's like I'm just trying to like throw caution to the wind a bit more, put myself out there a little bit more and, and get some, some thoughts and feelings out there about what I think about this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I totally hear you. And it's funny because there are a lot of times that I'll, even to this day, and I I probably shouldn't share this publicly, but whatever. um, There are a lot of times I'll be on ATP, for example, and I'll think of something that I think is clever that will be in disagreement with Marco or John. And oftentimes I'll bite my tongue because I, I assume that because they haven't said it themselves, I must be crazy. Which is so stupid. Like, why do I do that? But nevertheless, it's what happens. And it's something that I'm working on. So I totally understand what you're coming from, where you're coming from. Because if I were the one doing Upgrade with Jason Snell, I would be the exact same way. I totally understand where you're coming from. And it's hard. Like, it. I hope this doesn't come across as us complaining about being podcasters. It's not at all the case. It's just when you're around these people that you respect so deeply, it's hard to put to really put it out there and and I'm trying to get better at it. It sounds like you're trying to get better at it, but golly is it hard. It is cuz you like everybody listening, we have incredible amounts of professional respect for these people. Right. Because we have been fans of them of their work for as long as, you know, everybody that that follows them has been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I started listening to Build and Analyze, I, if not with episode one, then one of the first. Yeah, and that's how I got into podcasts because my friend Marco was doing a podcast. Well, let me check this out, and that's where I started. And from there, you know, his constant name dropping of Hypercritical got me to listen to Hypercritical, and the constant name dropping of Back to Work got me to listen to Back to Work, and it just kind of rolled from there. So 
in many ways, all even though Marco is a is a dear friend, and now I can say the same for John. You know, at the same time, I know what it's like to be on the other end of the of the setup here, on the other end of the table, if you will. I know what it's like to just be listening and not have a microphone in front of you, and I still feel that way sometimes. I don't know. This I this is not an unhappy thing, but man, this got. Things escalated quickly. <laughs> this was, this was a serious... To, I got to like one third of the questions I had for you. Oh, well, but... I mean, we can either uh, we can either save it for next week or maybe we can come back to this in a few weeks and see how we've done. Um, unless there's something you, you feel is particularly uh, pressing for right now. No, no, I'm going to save it. I'm, I'm putting a new header more on stats. <laughs> no, this is a good... Ch- it's a good chat and it makes me feel good to know that I'm not the only one with this hopefully unnecessary self-doubt. No, that's why when I saw it, I knew I wanted to talk about it because I, I, I felt I could, if anything, just uh, be here for you. As oh, always. I appreciate it. All right, so um, why don't we wrap this up? Yep, if you want to find the show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash analog slash 33. If you'd like to find us on the internet... There's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Casey is at Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey Liss. And also, go to CaseyLiss.com. <laughs> I hear that's a pretty good website. It's a great website. I like it. You should go to that or follow the Twitter account, CaseyLiss.com. That is how I interact with that website. That's how I uh, merge brand. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors this week, Wealthfront and Lynda.com. And thank you, Casey, for being here. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next time. I won't be, but Casey will, because I'm going to be on holiday, and someone will be filling in. Until then, say goodbye. I'll see you later, Mike.